good party time against him. I think he thinks again for just like rolling with it this weekend a little bit. But what's so awesome about having this new space, we've been in that before so much now. What's great about this is we can adjust things and we can go to one service and add some more chairs in the back and fill this room and stuff. And the volunteers are having to get up and drive in the dark to get here and stuff so we can keep everybody safe. And, uh, so, so thanks for rolling with it. Thank you families that dedicated children for working with us on that and stuff. So excited for this, for this day. Uh, and, and let, let me start with this. I hate getting lost. Does anyone else like get, just hate getting lost? Like, you're, yeah. So you're, you're driving somewhere, and you don't put it in GPS because, like, you've been there many times before. Uh, but but you realize, like, in the middle of the journey, it's been a, a long enough amount of time between the last time you were at this destination and this time that you've forgotten a few things or missed a landmark that you, or maybe a house was painted a different color, and you, so you missed your turn and you get lost. I hate getting lost, uh, and, and especially if, if you're a man and your wife or girlfriend is in the car with you, they can start to sense it when they feel like you're getting lost. Like, ladies, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't know how you do this, because I play it so cool. When I start to realize, like, I don't know where I'm at, I play it so cool, there's no way I'm reaching for my phone, because that's a sure sign, you know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know where he's at, so he's looking something up. But, but even when I don't get any visual signs of lostness, my wife knows, and she asks the question, she always asks the question, and, and at least the first time, like after the first time that question is asked, guys, what do we do? We, we answer with, yes. I mean, it's like, it's like an annoying yes. Like, why would you, of course, how would you question my, you know, navigational skill set right now? And so, and then they ask it again later because we've passed that house four times now. So, so, so but they ask it again and again, we don't like to admit it, like, I don't know where I'm going. And that, that whole phrase, like, fake it till you make it. That came from a guy driving and getting lost with his wife in the passenger seat. I'm sure of it. Um, but I, I, I hate getting lost. And, and do you remember what it was like before GPS? Especially guys. You know, like, what, what did you have to do when you got lost? Well, let me put it this way. What should we have done many, many times that would have saved hours and hours of driving aimlessly around the... Yeah, we should have stopped and asked for directions, right? I, I heard it over here. Now stop it, but, but we, we weren't going to stop and ask for directions because it doesn't, not only does that admit that you're lost, but it also gives the admittance that Joe at the gas station knows more than I do, which is, it should be fun because Joe has lived in this town 55 years and I've only visited here three times, but we just can't let our pride down long enough to stop and ask for directions. And it may, I think there was a little legitimacy to us not stopping because many times, like Joe at the gas station, he would not give you directions based on street names but landmarks, so, it, which doesn't really help sometimes, right? You know, that turn, or go past the brick house, turn to the yard, no, take a, take a ride at the Dollar General, and it's right there, which you cannot say, take a ride at the Dollar General, it won't be sport anymore. There's a Dollar General in 100 feet of every house in this city now. Thank God for that. But, um, but you know, they, they get that landmark direction, you know, go past the brick house, turn to the yard, no, take a ride at Dollar General, and then there's one more piece of the directions, whatever you give me directions, Landmarks, you always say, and if you see a big white house, you've gone too far. Right? You always have that gone too far element because you know they're going to go too far. So you have to just make sure if you're giving directions that way. So I hate, I hate getting lost. I'm, I'm sure you're with me. And, and here's the other thing no one gets lost intentionally. <laughs> no one ever says, man, I hope I, I miss my exit. I'm 30 minutes late to the appointment, you know? No one ever says, I, I really hope there's a road detour up 
here that takes me out into the middle of nowhere and there's not proper signs, so I just get lost and can't find my way back to the highway. I really hope that happens. No, no one gets lost intentionally. Now, it, it might be because of the decisions you make. Now, I'm not saying it's not our fault. I'm not absolving us from responsibility. But many times I get lost simply because I, I'm not paying proper attention. And it, even with GPS, if you don't watch that screen and you have the voice navigation on mute, it doesn't help much. Okay, take it from me. That just it doesn't work. But we hate getting lost. No one ever gets lost intentionally. Which brings us to Luke chapter 15. Where we spent a few minutes here last week, in the second week of party time. Uh, Luke 15 is a chapter that talks all about being lost and what God does to find us. What, what He does to find us and, and how big the party is that happens when lost people become found. Like, here's, here's going to be the big idea for today. I'll just give it to you up front. The biggest parties happen when the lost become found. That's what we're going to find out within this chapter. Biggest part is happening. So we're going to look at Luke 15. You can turn there if you want. You can have all the verses on the screen. And the verses we read last week, Luke 15, it starts off with these religious people asking Jesus, why do you always hang around with sinners? Jesus, why do you always hang around with those lost people over there? Of course, what they didn't realize was they were lost too. That will make more sense later. But, but to answer the question, if you read the Gospels, Jesus hardly ever like, directly answers the question. So to answer this question, Jesus tells three stories. The lost sheep, the lost boy, and the lost sons. And we often refer to that third story as the story of the prodigal son. I'm not too big a fan of that title of the story. I'll, I'll explain why in just a few minutes. It'll make sense. But, but like, I just feel like we just need Jesus to speak to us today. So I'm just going to read through these three stories. And let's just listen in to one of the greatest storytellers of all time. So Jesus told them this story, that's verse 3, Luke 15, and it's, it's more of an illustration, the first couple, more of an illustration of the story. We'll call this story. Here's story number one. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that's lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. And I want us to read verse 7 together. Ready? The whole thing. Here we go. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't stayed in The biggest parties in when the lost come back. Heaven gets in on the party, Jesus illustrated in this first story. Heaven gets in on the party. Here's, here's the second story. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she buy the lamp and scoop the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. We got another verse to read, ready? In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner. It is party time, right? Biggest parties happen when the lost become found. Heaven gets in on the party. The, joy, the angels are joining the party. It's this massive party. And of course, Jesus is using these illustrations, telling these stories, not to just talk about sheep and coins. He's talking about how we sometimes get lost. In this journey of life, we sometimes get, sometimes get lost. And again, I don't think anyone gets lost intentionally. It's usually our own bad decisions and our own responsibility and our own choices. But 
but nobody sets out on this journey of life to get lost. Nobody says, like, I hope I become a parent when I go. Nobody says, like, this is the year I hope I leave my marriage. No one really wants to become self-righteous and oblivious to how lost they are. No one says, once the kids grow up and they're out of the house, I hope we don't see each other very often we have a horrible relationship. But nobody wants to intentionally turn their back on God or lose their faith. It's, it's often this slow thing over time of questions, you know, like the, God is all-powerful and all-loving and I'm following that God. If life is turning out this way for me, how in the world could God even be you know, all-powerful and all-loving like I just, I can't do it it's a slow thing that happens. No one gets lost intentionally. It's a conversation that leads to some late night texting, which leads to oops, we kiss, which leads to oops, we have sex, which leads to, you know, oops, my spouse found out, and now we're getting a divorce. My back really did hurt, and the prescription was really for me. But now I find myself going through other people's medicine cabinets when I'm over. I find myself faking headaches and toothaches, and now my boss has found out I've lost my job. And that's, that's just how it happens. Like, it's, it, we just get lost. And that's why Jesus tells one more story to help us really get what he's saying in this chapter. And this story, this last story, it's not about clothes. It's not about sheep. Jesus told me this story. man had two sons. Like I said, this is not just the story of the prodigal son. This is the story of two sons. Two lost sons. Which we're going to find out in the back The younger son told his father, I want my share of the estate. What's, what's the word? Now, before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. And, and this story would have had some immediate shock value to all the listeners, all the religious people in the crowd, all the other people, you know, sinners or whatever. They would, have, they would have gasped when they heard this detail. Because a respectable Jewish boy would never ask for his share of the inheritance until after his father had died. Like pretty much what this guy was saying and asking for his, his inheritance now was, Dad, I wish you were dead. I wish you would just kick the bucket, old man. And since you're taking forever and I'm tired of waiting, can I just have my inheritance now, please? And isn't it incredible that the father still says yes to this request? God the Father will never interfere with our free will and choices. Think about it. He won't interfere. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings, moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money and wild living. And I guarantee this was not the plan going into this journey. I'm sure the idea was, you know, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to show Dad. I'm going to invest this wealth. I'm going I'm to become even wealthier than Dad was at the farm. I'm going to do this and this. But one bad decision leads to another bad decision, which leads to another bad decision. He wakes up one day. He's like, it's gone. He's lost. It gets worse. About this time, the money, by the time the money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. And he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Like the pigs aren't even sharing. Like you ain't getting none of this, right? So no, nobody gave him anything. This is the opposite place this guy wanted to be in when he got his inheritance and set out on his own. The very opposite. Like Jesus, this is a Jewish boy. Pigs are unclean. They're seen as unclean back in this time. Like Jesus could not have come up with a worse job for this guy to get in the story. The youngest son, he's in the exact opposite place he was hoping to be in as he left out on this journey. Broke, homeless, starving, feeding pigs. He 
It's lost. And this is what sin does in our lives. We start out in sin, believing it's going to make life better or more fun or we're going to be happier. I think I can direct my own life better than God. You know, I've been doing this life thing enough now. I'm not good. I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. And we wake up one day, lost. And then this happens. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I'm going to go home to my father, and I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Now, does anybody remember, like, when you were a teenager? And, and some of the teenagers in the room, like, this might have happened this week for you. But when, when you were a teenager, and you told mom and dad that you were going to stay the night with a friend, or whatever, you're like, okay, fine. But, and, but, but, like, there was ulterior motives to getting out of that. Like, you had a plan to not just stay the night with a friend, but you were going to go do some things you knew mom and dad would not approve of. And, uh, and about halfway through that night, maybe it was a party or whatever, halfway through the night, somehow you find out that mom and dad found out what really happened, where you really at. And you know, like, when you get home, like, you're full of busted, okay? And you, do you remember what you did on that drive home? You did this. You practiced your speech, right? <laughs> you're like, yeah, Captain Mom, I didn't really mean it. Like, I, I said, let's go to the Disney movie, and they're like, let's go, we're going to the party. And I just had to go. Like, everybody voted the party. So that's kind of, but this guy's not making excuses, right? He's not making an excuse. He's just going to come out and say, I messed up, Dad. I sinned against heaven and you. And I don't even expect to come back as a son. Like just, just hire me as a servant. I'll clean the barn. I'll, I'll milk the cows. Whatever it takes. Like just, just bring me back home. But what about the father? If this is where the son is at. What about the father? Surely his father won't accept him back. I mean, this is just some pie-in-the-sky dream, right? I mean, after spitting in his father's face, telling him he wishes he were dead, there's no way the father would want back. Would he? I want us to watch this video. I think it really points at the heart of our father. Our father, Mr. I saw the look in his eyes, he was searching for a prize Worthy of his strength, worthy of his life In a world full of shiny things, hope that he'd see his name burning bright up high in the city night And that's when he came to me Father, won't you give me what is due to me? I gotta go now, time for me to get out of this small town Time for me to live my life, my way, my dreams, it's my right I know that I gotta dance with the city and own the night Gotta find someone pretty and toast the wine Gotta live for the moment, gotta get what's mine I gotta live for the moment, I gotta shine I stood right beside him, watched him pack his things Watched him walk out the door with his hopes and dreams I pray my best prayer for him every night I sleep I pray my best prayer for him, yet my soul it weeps Day after day and week after week I can still hear his laugh and I can still hear him speak I remember the day that I had a son I remember our joy and I remember our fun Weeks turned to months and months turned to years 
The hope of my thoughts now consider the fear Wonder if he's doing well Maybe he's found a girl Maybe he got stuck in jail Maybe he's been shot and killed I don't know but I'd give all that I own Just to hold my son again The tears and the blood that I spent The nails in my hands and my wrists To cover the sin and the pain that you're in To give you my peace that you might love to repent I place a kiss on his cheek and a crown on his head Just to know that my son's not dead And if you spend all your gold and you're lost in your cold Just come home Just come home
now he is found. So the parties began. A party breaks out because why? Because the biggest parties happen when the lost become biggest parties. But remember, I said this was a story of two sons. Two lost sons. Here's where the older son comes back into the story. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard the bass thumping and the music and the dancing in the house. Something's going on. He asked the servant, hey, what's, what's going on here? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf for your celebrating because of his safe return. Look at the response to the brother. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. So his father came out and begged him. He replied, look, look at this. All these years I've slaved you. Never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me, you didn't even give me a young goat to celebrate the feast with my friends. Yet when the son of yours, not my brother, your son, comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fat calf. See, the older brother's lost too, in a totally different way. And, and let me explain the calf, because we're, we're like, there's something with that, right? I mean, the, the servant's like, dad killed the fat calf, and the brother, the older brother's like, fat calf, I don't even get a goat. You know, I've been here my whole life, I don't even get a goat. And dad you know, brings it up again, so there's, we're like, there has to be something to that, but we're not sure exactly what it is. So here, here's what's going on. At, at this time, you almost never had a meat for a meal. It was a delicacy. If you were going to have meat, it meant you were having a party. You were going to invite family and friends to come over. This was going to be this big meal. And the most expensive delicacy was to eat a fat calf. The whole village would have been invited to this party. Okay, this was huge. And this is what happens because the biggest parties happen when what? When the lost become found. But the older brother, he's like, how dare you? He's on a wealth like this, Dad. I should have some say in this. I should be part of this, part of making this decision. This isn't fair. Older brother's lost. See, the, the younger brother's lost is, is very obvious. Anybody, this is the classic case, right? Anybody can look at the first brother and say, yeah, that guy got lost, wild living, prostitutes, insulting his father, pigsty, down in the gutter, you know, finds himself there, self-indulgence. But through the story of the older brother, and, and think about who Jesus is speaking to. Like the crowd, very diverse crowd he's speaking to. Within the story of the older brother, Jesus brilliantly gives us the imagery of getting lost in another way. Because there are two lost sons in this story. One has very bad behavior. One has very good behavior. But they're both lost. They're both far from the father's heart. They both want what the father has, but not who the father is. They don't want the father. They're using the Father to get what they want. And one guy's willing to wait, one guy wanted it now. They don't really love the Father, they love what the Father can give to them. They're both lost. See, the issue with the older brother's form of being lost is that you often don't see it. Do you notice how angry and defensive the older brother gets in the story? He doesn't realize how far his heart is drifted from the Father. And the older brother is the one that misses out on the party because he can't see how lost he is. So we, we so often think that the younger brother's story is what it looks like to go from lost to found. You repent of the bad behavior list. Older brother doesn't have a list. He even said it. Dad, I, like, I'm not going to the party because not one time have I disobeyed you. Friends, here's what I'm saying. We can get lost in doing wrong 
we can also be lost to invite the wrong business. The, the older brother's lost. There's nothing on this. And see, this is called religion, by the way. We talked about that several times in this series. Doing right for the wrong reasons. Wanting the blessings of the Father, but not the Father himself. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times within this journey of eight and a half years called Revolution Church. Jesus did not come to start another religion. Jesus did not come to divide the world into good and bad people. Jesus came to help lost people, all of us, become found. That's why Jesus came. Yeah. And, and maybe you've been in church your entire life. Like you grew up in this. You're, you, you've never lost your faith, per se. You've never had that wild living phase or whatever. But there's something speaking to your heart right now. That there's some lostness in there. There's, there's some religion in there. Some, some doing right for the wrong reasons. Your heart's drifting. The great news is there is hope for everyone to be found today. Everyone is invited to the party. And did you notice how the father pursues both sons? He runs to meet the first son as he's still a long way off. And he leaves the party temporarily to go out and thank the older brother to come. And I believe God the Father is doing that right now in the world. He's meeting us where we're at. He's moving in our hearts. And I'm just asking today, don't dismiss it. Respond to it. Come home. Here's how we're going to end today. There are volunteers that are going to come down front. And just hold on a second, volunteers. We're going to do something, like I think we've only done this one other time in the history of our church. We're going to give an opportunity to take a bold step. And here, here's what we're going to do. There's going to be four volunteers that are coming line in front here. And, and these volunteers are not God, but they are a way to kind of connect with God today in prayer. They want to pray with you. If, if, like, just something's kind of moving in your heart, like, you just felt like, maybe through that video, the imagery of that video, and who God is, and what He's saying to you, or the story of that second son, there's just something in there. I've got to get right. I just, I, I've, I've lost, I've, I've become lost over here, and I, I want to be found. We just want to give you an opportunity through this next song, no pressure. But if that's you, if that's where you're at, just, just make your way out of it. I'll just, excuse me, excuse me, just come up and just come pray with somebody through this next song. This song, this song speaks of that, the first story that we read. And I'm believing that there's just some people that are going to become found today, and it's going to take one person to be bold enough to probably start this, because I guarantee the hearts are being challenged and right now. Let me pray for us as the volunteers are kind of coming. God, as we respond to this song, because I believe people are going to take a bold step right now. Just that first time, he said, I've got to go home. I've got to come back to the Father. I, I just, I know in doing that, something happens. Some life change happens. And I pray that just in, in moving forward to pray with an individual today that something can begin to shift in hearts and lives in this room today. So I pray anyone that's like feeling like their hearts beating a little faster right now, they're feeling like, yeah, that's, I need to take the step. They would not dismiss your spirit's work right now in this room. Pray this in Jesus' name.